Hello, I'm Haya, and thank you for welcoming us into your ears. You've tuned in to Human Awareness, a podcast about what it means to be human and the various ways that that shows up for people. And hi, I'm Kate, and I'm so glad to have you here with us. Haya and I are representing the Human Awareness Institute, or HI for short, as we explore important themes related to love, intimacy, and sexuality. Obviously, our podcast can't replace our workshops, but we hope that in these interviews, you're able to catch a glimpse of who we are and what we do. Shall we get started with the interview? Yes. Come settle in with me and I'll hit play. So I am here. Hi, everyone who's listening in today. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I am here today with my cousin, Sarah Yates. Um, and Sarah, do you want to just introduce yourself, where you're from and what your pronouns are? Sure. My name is Sarah Yates Mora, and I am um, she, her, and located in Ojai, California. Yes. Awesome. And Sarah, you are so, so many things to me. I have looked up to you my whole life um, and just adore you. Um, but you also are a role model to a lot of people in the world, I think. And you have built a beautiful brand for yourself. You're an artist, you're an interior designer, you're a mom. Um, and you've kind of made your niche on social media in a lot of ways. And so the reason I invited you here is because I see you as being someone who's done so much in on social media, but done it with an eye and a desire towards being really authentic. And here at High, we so value bringing our full selves and being really real. And I think sometimes those platforms can feel a little bit shallow or a little bit um, fake, frankly. And so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I just would love to hear from you. Like, what, is that an intentional thing that started your journey on social media? Do you feel like that is part of who you are and what your brand is? And just talk to me a little bit about how you bring yourself to your business. Oh, well, first of all, thank you. Um, <laughs> and I think that, you know, I started, and this is going to date me, but on MySpace um, mm -hmm. years ago, <laughs> I had a blog um, and I shared, you know, a bunch of ridiculous stuff because I was in my 20s, but I also just shared, you know, like really actually meaningful things to me as well. So I think that it, it's just kind of my nature, I think. I've always been an open book type of person. And so when I started having a life online, nothing was really different in that respect for me. Um, but then when I, years later, created a business online, I wasn't you know, necessarily intentional in my sharing, but I noticed that when I did, um, that kind of garnered the biggest response. So if I was nervous about pressing publish on a blog post, it it meant that it was going to really kind of go well. <laughs> Connect with your audience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, just, that doesn't surprise me at all because I think that there is this craving and this desire to really feel the person behind the page, you know, and to, to know who it is that you're connecting with. And I think that you do a beautiful job of bringing your voice to your platform. And uh, yeah, so tell me a little bit about, has there been, a, so you said that you feel nervous sometimes pressing uh, submit. Have there been moments where it's been difficult to kind of be honest about who you are? Yeah. Um, I think that it's, you know, to be authentic is a vulnerable experience. You open yourself up to 
hearing the internet at large's opinion of you. And I've been really fortunate that generally speaking, it's all been really positive, but I think internally, I've always had a dialogue. Like what if, what if someone comes and says the worst possible thing I think about myself, Yeah, Um, which is all it could ever be. Right. Um, that, that would be hard to hear is the worst thing you actually believe about yourself anyway, but I've, otherwise you won't take it seriously, but I've just never had that experience. So I get nervous every time I think, oh my God, like what if this is the moment that the worst case scenario happens? But, um, you know, I've just been really lucky that my community has been always so gracious with me and so, so tender (laughs) with me when I'm (laughs) at my most vulnerable. Um, and I know that as your audience grows larger, that is not always the case. Um, so I've been grateful for that. Yeah, there's, you have quite the following. So I'm sure there's quite a number of people who have never met you, don't have a sense for who you truly are other than how you present online, right, at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, most of the vast majority of the people that follow me have never met me and are just, you know, I live in their minds as whatever they perceive me to be <laughs> um, from, you know, photos and little bits and blobs here and there. But it's obviously not really who I am. It's just a, a piece of me. Yeah, right. And I've noticed, though, that as you have evolved your business, so you started off going to photography school, right, and crafting that art. And I'd love to hear a little bit about how you see your trajectory of all the different crafts you've cultivated. Um, but it feels very much like your your brand grows with you. Like there's this element of, you know, when you're excited about redesigning a home, you're focused on that. When you have this new beautiful baby, you focus on that. I'm curious if that's um, accurate from your perspective that you kind of let it follow you and your story? Yeah, I think, you know, I started my my first career was as a wedding photographer, really, after I graduated out of, out of photography school. And, um, you know, I built that business on the backs of wedding blogs. Really, that was how I grew my business really quickly. And so I had a lot of online exposure from that business. And so when I decided that I wanted to transition out of that, I already had kind of an audience. And at that point, I started a lifestyle blog. And it was really just to kind of force me to uh, do all of the things that I enjoy in life (laughs) that I was neglecting because I was so busy with my company. Um, And so I was, you know, creating recipes and dressing up in clothes and traveling and just sharing it all as kind of a journal. And this was before influencers were really a thing or at the very beginning of that the people that had been following me for my wedding business kind of naturally just, it's the same demographic that was interested in food and travel and clothes and mm-hmm. interior design. And so they just kind of followed along with me. Um, and that grew much quicker than I expected and became a full-fledged business and grew um, well beyond what I had ever dreamed it would be. Mm. And that was great. And then I got pregnant. And I decided that I was going to take some time and just raise a family. And so I kind of stopped having so much of an online presence, but I still had a social media following. And so I just checked in here and there. And then over time, I started coming back to work and decided that being an influencer was not going to be the thing that I wanted to do. Um, And Mm -hmm. so I've been painting. Um, Mm -hmm. And fortunately, (laughs) I do share, you know, our normal life stuff. So when we remodeled the house, I shared that. Um, and, and I've been sharing my paintings and my audience has been really responding well to that. So I think that they, 
are people who have similar interests as me. So as my interests change, they just kind of follow along. And the ones that don't, they stop following me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I, so this painting thing is relatively recently that you've been putting it up at least on your Instagram, but has this been kind of a lifelong interest and passion as well? Or is this like a totally new realm for creativity for you? Oh, it's brand new. But I think, and I was trying to explain this, my husband gets People get annoyed. <laughs> People in my life get annoyed at me because they say that, and I, I, I'm trying to be humble when I say this, but they say <laughs> that I can, as humble as I can, that like I'm good at everything I do. And it's not that I'm good at everything I do. It's that I share everything I do. Mm-hmm. And I think that I have an aesthetic. And so that yeah. kind of translates. Um, and so I don't, you know, purport myself to be some amazing painter, but I'm someone that can paint things that I would hang in my own home and that translates to other people enjoying them and hanging them in their homes, I guess. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Um, You do have an aesthetic. It's a, it's a beautiful aesthetic. And I think that it, 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 it mirrors kind of who you are as a person. Um, How would you describe your aesthetic? I think that I'm really influenced by nature. So I'm always just drawn to organic materials, natural colors, um, and so I think, and, and simplicity and minimalism and, um, and things that are modern in design. So that's kind of, I guess, a mishmash of it. Yes. I would live in any home you designed at any point. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so for those of you who don't totally know you, so we're talking about this concept of, you know, you're offering the world creativity. You've got this design, you've got this aesthetic um, but this piece of you that you're you're willing to kind of bring forward that's a little bit more edgy or vulnerable, how does that typically manifest? Like what are the things that you bring forward that maybe are not related to your brand but somehow still um, connect with your audience? How do you do that? Yeah, I think that I've that's not something that I can force. I can't sit down and be like, today I'm going to write a really vulnerable, authentic post about my feelings. <laughs> yeah. It never will work. Um, so I have to share what's actually relevant to me in my life, whether that's, you know, some health challenges that I've been having or relationship things or how I'm feeling about the news cycle that day. Um, or lately I had my first crying episode on Instagram stories when I dropped my kid off for school for the first time. Um, and so I think that it's, it's really just in those moments when I'm struggling and I almost, I mean, selfishly, I almost do it partly for me because I just want like the comfort of people being like, hey, I, f- I feel that too. Like that's so hard. <laughs> um, and I get so much more out of those times that I share than I give. And I feel like I, the response that, that people send me and they share their stories and then I just feel so seen and supported and just not alone in it. You've built a community really around you in there. Yeah, man. So there is a, um, a Facebook group that high has developed. That's for people who have been to the workshops and there's this concept of a large group share where, um, we do this in our workshops where people can get up and and share from the heart about what's going on for them as they, they move through the workshop and they get a little one-on-one time with facilitators. And we, so we've replicated that on Facebook. And at first I was, I had no idea if that was going to work, if people would be willing to be vulnerable and open the way that they are in a workshop container on Facebook. And what I've found is people have just like 
eaten it up. They love being able to be connected on a day-to-day basis like that. And the few times that I've shared more vulnerably about what's going on in my life, about my partner or anything like that in that group, it, I agree. It's the, it, it does more for me, I think, than it does for anyone else because it's just this sense of, um, I don't know, it feels good to be real, right? It <laughs> yeah. just feels really good. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that, that thing of being seen and like really – really truly seen, not because you, you know, someone likes what you dress like or how you style your house, but like, because they see the, the, you know, the dark corners of you when you bear them and, and your challenges and your struggles and the parts that are so painful. And when someone can see those and still respond to you in a loving way, it's just like the best feeling. Yeah. And I I think, you know, we like these things of design and art and clothes and those can be fun things. And I think though, the the quality of the human relationship that you nurture is what brings people back, right? Like that's what we're all longing for is that human connection. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I think that there's on social media, I think there's a wide variety of, of reasons that we hang out there and there's people that are looking for connection. There's people that are just like, stop talking and just show me your living room. <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, like there's both. And I think that's fine. Like, <laughs> we can all use it for what makes sense for us. But I, what I love about it is the connection. That's what really makes my life more fulfilling and keeps me on there. Honestly, like I'd be gone if it wasn't for the DMs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and tell me, you said I decided I did not want to be an influencer. So you kind of were an influencer before that was a thing. And then now that it's such a prominent part of our world, what is your response to that? What, what do you think make of that? Um, I think it's, well, my experience was I be, I became an influencer and it grew really fast and I had a management team and I was working with tons of brands and it was very high pressure and I was on this trajectory that was exciting, but also very high pressure. And um, influencers work hard. I mean, it is a big job to produce the amount of content and the quality of content uh, necessary for that for that business. And I just didn't want that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to have to work that much. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And, and I didn't always feel great about, um, yeah, I didn't always feel great about the partnerships. I tried, I didn't, I tried to not take partnerships that, um, didn't align with me, but I also had the pressure of, you know, a management team and how many things can I say no to? And I remember after, the last year that I was in the business, I, they sat me down and they were like, you know, you said no to, and they listed out like all of the jobs I had turned down and it was a lot of money. And, and that meant it was a lot of money that they lost out on too. And they were just like, this isn't, you know, this isn't great. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. So you, you weren't willing to, to go to the place where you had to take partnerships, take jobs that didn't really resonate with your passion and and your values. It sounds like. Yeah, no, I didn't want to, I didn't want to endorse things that I didn't truly endorse. And I didn't want to be dishonest, I guess. It felt, it felt dishonest to me. And there's, I mean, advertising is a weird thing anyway. Um, (laughs) It is. But (laughs) trying to convince people to buy things is just a strange, a strange idea to begin with, but to do it and not believe in the thing that you're trying to convince them to buy. I've done that and it doesn't feel good. It just feels 
gross. <laughs> so I didn't didn't want to do that. Yeah. I say all the time, I would not be in marketing if I wasn't marketing a product that I so believe in because selling, you know, like knickknacks, things that people don't need, it's just so unfulfilling. It just does not. Yeah. So I really resonate with that. Um, has it felt so? So where are you at now with your career? How are you kind of holding yourself now that you've moved away from that bigger team, high pressure world? How, how would you describe your work now? Um, I feel really good about it because I'm creating something that I'm I'm proud of that I feel like is adding value to the world. I think art is just you know, one of the greatest contributions, <laughs> not mine in particular, but <laughs> in general <laughs> yeah. to humanity. Um, I think it, it's just so important. And so to be doing that feels really, really good. And it just aligns more with the, the life I want to live, which is one that is less stressful and more in balance. Mm-hmm. And, and as you have this following on social media and as an artist, do you ever feel somewhat isolated or alone? Or how do you create uh, connections with other artists? How do you kind of bring in a sense of community for yourself? Yeah, I think, I mean, I have been in quarantine, basically. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> how do you not be isolated during a pandemic, Sarah? <laughs> um, so, you know, loneliness is, is, is real right now, I think, for so many of us. And I have really relied on social media, um, especially in the past year, to not feel so lonely. Um, And I do think that, you know, obviously I would prefer in-person interaction any day over any online interaction I have. But I think I have really staved off a lot of loneliness and a lot of dark times (laughs) um, by just connecting with people through my Instagram account and just being like, hey, this is terrible. <laughs> I'm struggling. How are you doing? And then hearing someone else being like, yeah, same and share, you know, what terrible thing they, <laughs> they thought or did that day or how, you know, hard yeah. it's been or, you know, we've all kind of collectively shared some of the same challenges this past year. And it's just been lovely to, I guess, to feel less alone in that. Yeah. And you have been extraordinarily, I think, a leader in the sense of um, kind of highlighting and bringing to the surface the struggles, especially parents at home with young children, right? Like, uh, I've seen you be really honest about how hard that can be and how much you adore your son. It's so clear how much you love Teo. Um, But yeah, has that been received well, this sense of like, oh my God, what are we doing as parents right now? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think you know, this has taken such a toll on parents of, of young kids and I'm so privileged and I can't even imagine what people who are struggling to have food and to pay their bills and in all of the ways people are struggling on top of parenting right now. It is so hard to just be a stay at home parent in a pandemic. Um, and I don't have to deal with so many of the things that other people are dealing with and, even that is just like, some days I'm like, this is impossible. This is impossible. <laughs> like, we can't do this anymore. And then, you know, yeah. you just do because what's your choice? But I, you know, having that commiserating with moms has really been like, <laughs> just given me essential. So it yeah. has been because just hearing like, yeah, I know, like I yelled at my kid today too. And, 
like yelling at my kid was not something that I ever did. And I hope to not do often, but every once in a while, you know, we've been, we have been full on for three, 365 days now. And it's totally. like, you know, we can't all be the, the best parents we hope to be every minute. So, yeah. Well, and partners too, right? Like I, yeah. there have been multiple times where I have yelled at Luke in a way that I don't think I ever had, or hopefully never will again. And just like, Whoa, who is that person? Yeah, <laughs> I call her dragon mom. <laughs> That's great. Um, and yeah, we all are having those, like, we're being pushed. We're being pushed outside of our, our normal realm of behavior through this pandemic. And so there's a lot of grace required. <laughs> Has your art been something that's like been fueled by that or been a, a solve on that in some way? Has that been a, a safe haven for you? Yes. Also, I get to do it alone. <laughs> so yes. It's like, it's like I have to paint now and it's just alone time, which is as the most valuable thing in the world right now. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. So your partner will step in and say, this is work time. Mom's going to go paint and help you with Teo. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, Lou. And how is it sharing space with another artist? I know Lou is also an artist. How do you two manage that world together? Oh, it's a wild ride. (laughs) I bet. (laughs) Being married to another creative is like, oh, it's so funny. We're just, we're so hard on each other. I don't know that we would you know, it's great because we really push each other, but also like, there's just no filter, you know, I'll be like, how is this? And Lou will be like, just shake his head (laughs) or he'll say nothing. And I'm like, okay, I get it. And, um, you know, same thing with him. Like he'll have me edit his photos and go through and pick the good ones. And I'm, you know, I'm just ruthless. Like, but that's because I think because a, we feel, you know, obviously comfortable and safe with each other and B because we're both that way with our own work in a sense where we're, you know, that's how I think I've gotten better at what I've done over the years is just having a general level of dissatisfaction with most of what I create, (laughs) which just pushes me to try more, I guess. Um, And so, yeah, I think we're, you know, it's an interesting thing having two creatives in a relationship. Yeah. Well, I'm getting a sense that there's a lot of, um, it pushes you, but that there's a lot of mutual trust that you're willing to kind of go out on the limb and be, be brutally honest with each other about what you see. Um, and he's a a real partner in that. Yeah. And if he likes something, I know, like I'm good and vice versa. (laughs) Like I think we, and we, you know, we just went to death Valley for a camping trip and we were taking photos for our print shop that we have. And, um, you know, it's such a, collaborative process sometimes when we're shooting but we also have a four-year-old with us so we're (laughs) at one point up on these dunes and the wind is whipping around and Teo is running around and screaming and throwing himself down hills and we're like (laughs) trying to take these photos for our print job and it's just chaos um but we're in it together and so I think like we we can collaborate really well um Mm. we work together and have for our entire relationship on different creative projects very regularly it's fun to hear you describe that scene with like sound and motion because I've seen <laughs> seen a few photos of Teo on the on the dunes and it looks <laughs> much more tranquil. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing tranquil about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh. Well, I'm curious. Um, you know, for those who are listening, who maybe I guess there's two sides I want to speak to. One is 
those of us who maybe are aspirational to put ourselves out there into the world in some way, but get, but feel afraid to, right? Mm. Like the, the parts about the creatives of us out there, whatever our medium, getting over the hump of, uh, you know, my stuff is worth being put out into the world. I'd love to know if you have anything to say to them oh, and, I'll, yeah. and then I'll hold the other one, but okay. I'm curious if you have any thoughts on that. That's a good one. Um, you know, that fear, that kind of like, that almost paralyzing fear where right before you press share on something is just, it's a tough hill to climb over. So my kind of thing that I do is I get it all prepped. I tell myself I don't have to post it. I'm just going to get it ready. I don't have to share it. And like I <laughs> kind of like mentally trick myself to that, yes. to getting to that point. Mm. And, and, and constantly the mantra in my head is, or don't let perfection be the enemy of good because mm. like, that's my personal battle. Like I want everything to be perfect. And so I will really struggle putting anything out that I don't feel is perfect, but perfect doesn't exist. And so, you know, I would never do anything if I held myself to the standards <laughs> that I really have. So I just like repeat that mantra, keep going, keep going, keep going. And then mm. I just, it's just like will. It's like that moment when you're on the diving board and you've got a long way to go down and you yeah. just have to force yourself to do it. You have to just like close your eyes and hit publish and in spite of that really awful feeling in your gut. <laughs> There's no I wish I had like an easy answer, but that's how I do it. I think that's beautiful. You know, I love the tricking yourself uh, strategy. <laughs> that's fantastic. And and then just allowing, you know, good enough to be the thing that gets you out into the space, right? And yeah. um it reminds me a little bit of um a book I read that had a chapter called Shitty First Drafts. Um uh-huh. And uh, what was that book? It's Bird was by that? Bird. Yes. Oh, yes. And Lamont. And Lamont. Yes. Um, have you read that book? I have. It's great. Yeah. And I just loved that concept of, you know, shitty first draft. So you don't have to have a perfect draft. You just, you write something shitty and something golden comes out of it. You know, yes. there's, there's a nugget in there somewhere. And um, yeah, so I really appreciate that. And and have you felt yourself gain confidence as you have practiced or is it always kind of a relentless uh, uh, diving board? It's a diving board. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just think I still, I, I have a collection going live tomorrow and I was prepping it all day for the past couple of days and I just photographed my home for a feature on Domino hmm. um, and the entire time the dialogue in my head is just torturous as I'm editing the photos and getting them ready. And I'm just, you know, that inner dialogue, I haven't been able to, to quiet it. Um, the one that's just so full of self-doubt and criticisms, um, and is just looking for things to be perfect. I haven't found a way to make that voice stop. And I just, I just push through it. I don't know another way. I just keep going in spite of it. And I just think like, well, this is what I did. So it's going to have to it is what it is. Yes. And if no one likes it, then no one likes it. Um, and I have to be okay with that too. And I just try to make peace with that. Like maybe no one will like it and that's okay. Like I did it. That's it. Yeah. That's all that matters. <laughs> right. Well, and it's, it's, I'm learning so much from this conversation because as someone who does admire your work and who sees so much of your work, um, it's, it's, I mean, it's liberating to hear you say that you struggle so much on some level selfishly because, yeah. 
it's amazing to like from the outside see something that you just think is flawless and just wonderful <laughs> and like just love it and then to know that the inner critic is inside of you right and uh-huh. um and so it, it's this like we are always our our toughest critic our uh-huh. own toughest critic and um yeah yeah yeah, and I, the bravery to keep just trying, right? Even if it might flop. <laughs> right. I had a conversation with a friend of mine, and she is a very well-known interior designer and does celebrity houses and amazing projects. And I was saying to her, like, "Oh my god, I just like I just don't like anything I've ever designed." <laughs> oh, and, Sarah. <laughs> and I was like, "Why is it like that? I like it up until the day that I shoot it, and then I don't like it anymore, and then I just can't even bear to look at it. Like the second it goes into the world." And she was like, "Well, that's exactly my experience." <laughs> like, and I just and the same thing you're saying. Like, I look at her designs, and I'm like, "Oh my god, they're amazing!" And you know, it's just. I think it's part of, I think it's maybe part of the creative experience. Most of the creatives I know speak to having very similar experiences. And I do think that it is often the driving force behind uh, why we get better at at our crafts is because we're just so relentlessly mean to ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and we're, we're putting so much of ourselves into it, right? Like Uh, the paintings I have done, there's just, you're sitting with it for hours and you see every little curve and you see all the undulations and the mistakes and the things that are imperfect. And um, you're with it in a way that I think your attention is fully present on it in a way that no one else ever will enter into it in the same way that you do. Um, Yeah. And so it's a good metaphor for life in general that like, speaking of authenticity, right? Like, it, it is kind of the mirror of the artist in the sense that no human being is perfect and what is perfect, right? Like there's, yeah, there's no such thing. So, um, and that's actually, frankly, some of my pieces, the mistakes have ended up being the things that are the most beautiful about the piece. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect is boring, although it doesn't (laughs) keep me from striving to achieve it for some reason, but it really is boring. Um, and I think that, yeah, in art, that just like that constantly wanting to to be better is like it's a double edged sword. But it definitely it definitely pushes me. It pushes me in my art to get better, to to try harder, to do more. Um, yeah, it's that irony of like it's so uncomfortable, but that's what is so addicting about it too. Oh. There's like this <laughs> the energy yeah. that you get from it, right? Yeah, and I think there's truth to that about like truth telling too. Like it's uncomfortable. There's that drop in your stomach right before you hit on a vulnerable blog post. Yeah, um, but there's also something so satisfying about that because yeah, it's real. Yeah, yeah, that is what it is. It's being completely vulnerable. When I put my collection out, it's it's being vulnerable. It's opening it up to, you know, whatever the worst things I can think about it (laughs) (laughs) and the worst possible scenarios I can create in my head about it are. And so it is exactly like that. Yeah. And that feeling is the same both times. And, you know, you just close your eyes, close your eyes and jump, right? Close your eyes and jump. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I am just so grateful for the time with you. It's really fun to share this space with you. Yeah. And uh, where can people find your art and what you're up to in the world? Um, They can find me on my Instagram, which is Sarah Yates Mora. And I have links to my um, print shop, which is currently housing my paintings as well. Um, 
yeah, I think that's the best spot to find me these days. Awesome. And we'll post uh, your links in the description notes as well. And um, I just, I think you're just wonderful. So thank you for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for tuning into the Human Awareness Podcast. For more information about the Human Awareness Institute or our workshops, please visit our website at hi.org. That is H-A-I dot org. As always, it was a pleasure to have you with us. See See you soon. soon.